right. Welcome, everybody, to the Hoop Talk podcast. Yes, this is a new intro. This is because your boy Jay is running things solo today. The boy Ryan cannot hang out with us, unfortunately. Had a little bit more business on the side. But nonetheless, it's still the HTP to hear what we spill facts, talk big hoop talk on a regular basis. And we got a couple of homies with us today. Some fellas we ain't had on the pod in a minute. These all facts media fellas, Andrew and Aaron Robinson. We're going to talk a little hoops today. But fellas, talk to the people. Tell us how you guys are doing. Shoot, man, it's been uh, it's been good, man. You know, I'll, I'll speak. I'll speak for me. I'm over here uh, living this overseas life. I um, was over in Costa Rica this summer. Was out there for four months. Um, played a little summer league uh, season out there. Got about 20, 22, 23 games in. Um, and now I'm out here in Portugal playing um, up here in the first division in Portugal. Uh, we're about four games into the season right now. We're three and one. So. Just trying to, um, you know, get acclimated out here. Um, and, you know, of course, you know, still grinding with all facts. You know, got some new stuff coming. Um, actually got some new stuff that we just kind of introduced. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. Sure. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, same old, same old. Aaron, what's up with you, bro? Pretty good, man. I've been able to uh, get, get on the road a little bit lately, which I've enjoyed a lot. Um, check out a bunch of schools. And I was up in the Northeast uh, last week. I had a chance to see uh, UMass. Um, Boston College, Quinnipiac, um, Bryant. And I got back home and saw Mount St. Mary's um, earlier in the week as well. Um, and then obviously b- b- before that, I was at um, GW, George Mason, uh, Towson, UMBC, and Coppin. So been able to make, to, to make my rounds to a bunch of schools in the areas and schools up north, man, just getting ready for the college hoop season. Also doing some writing, uh, covering the NBA for NBC. So I've been able to, you know, um, write some columns, which I've enjoyed a lot. You know, so I, I like the, the freedom that that has brought me and being able to write my own column every week. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, obviously NBA season just started, so you know, been been getting into the swing of that as well. Um, but it's been good, man. It's been good, man. I, I'm still hooping a little bit too, playing for a semi-pro team out here called the Baltimore Hawks. So, um, you know, doing a little bit of everything, man. Best of both worlds are on my end. Yes, sir, bro. That's the thing. So uh, in today's episode, for people who are regular listeners for the HTP, we're running things a little bit different. That's why the, that's why the intro was a little janky. But we're doing something a little bit different on this episode where we kind of trying to focus more on the guests in terms of their backstory. So these two guys, like they mentioned in the introduction of themselves, these are hoopers right here. We don't get that too much on the HTP. We got a lot of people who know some basketball, but we ain't got a lot of people who be on the hardwood on a regular basis. So we had to make sure that we had to run our run our course. You got to get some hoopers on the pod for season three. So we only thought that it was crucial to get the, the Robinson guys on as our first set of guests to kind of really, really dig into the nitty gritty. So where we're going to start at with this one, and either one of y'all can start in terms of where we're going to go with this. But we're going to start with, for you guys, I know that you guys' journey goes from a couple of different stops before where you guys are now in terms of playing professional basketball. But let's talk about the beginning. Let's talk about what brought you guys into basketball and a little bit of where your journey started in this space of really becoming Hoopers. Sheesh, you, you want to take it, take it all the way back. Yeah, bro, to the we, do, we, do it, we do it way back to the way back here on HTP, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, I think – so, I mean, we have to, I would have to go all the way back to the early 2000s, man, because um, a lot of people don't know this, but – our older brother um, is a guy by the name of Billy Edlin. And um, he was a guy who, who you know, played college basketball, played professional basketball, was a high-level recruit. He was an All-American in high school, went to the math, the Oak Hill, um, ended up playing for Syracuse. 
and was the point guard on the Syracuse team that won um, a national championship with Carmelo Anthony in 2003. So, I mean, growing up, watching, he's like 12 years older than us, you know, so we were young watching him. I mean, I remember he, we, we went to his high school graduation at, at Oak Hill. Um, you know, we watched the national championship game versus Kansas with Kirk Heinrich and Nick Carlson and all them guys, you know, Roy Williams coaching. And, you know, as kids, you know, you're watching it, it's like, yo, I want to be just like Billy. You know, I want to be just, just like my, my big brother, you know, so – that's where it started, you know, for me, you know, I think that, you know, I wear number 14 to this day because of Billy, you know what I'm saying? He's always been like my biggest role model, my biggest, you know, inspiration. And um, he was able to come play overseas, played in Belgium, a couple of other stops as well. But, I mean, he was a real deal, you know, in the, in the DMV. Whenever I talk to people who kind of were a little bit older than me and saw him play, I mean, they always, they always used to tell us stories about him, man. And um, so, I mean, that's really what got us into basketball, just watching our, our older brother play. Um, and then, you know, we were young, we, we weren't very good. You know what I'm saying? We started, you know, uh, playing on different rec teams. We weren't very good. But I always tell the story, man, you know, a guy by the name of Tony Langley, you know, really changed our life. You know, he was our AAU coach growing up. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, man, I can honestly say 100% that I would not be where I am, you know, today. Um, and he was more than a basketball coach. He was more of a father figure to us. You know, growing up, we were, we were raised by a single mom and, um, you know, he was, he was pretty much, you know, our coach, but he was also making sure that we had everything that we needed off the court. You know, he was one of the most selfless individuals that I ever met. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, like I said, I wouldn't be here without Coach Tony, man, so shout out to him. But, you know, he was the one that, that gave us a chance. And he, he knew our older brother, Billy. You know, so when he saw us, you know, walk in the gym for the first time and, oh, that's Billy, even little brother, he's like, all right, man, come on. Like, y'all, y'all, can, y'all can be on the team, man. We joined the D.C. Warriors. We were 11 years old. Um, couldn't even make a layup, man. Like I'm talking about, like we were trash, like trash, like. And uh, I, it was so crazy, man. At the end of practice, everybody on the team had to make two free throws in a row to, to leave practice. And uh, Coach Tony used to make us just make make left hand layups because if we if we shot free throws, we'll be there all day, and the whole team will be running. So that's how bad it was when we first started playing, man. And he literally taught us the game, man. Broke it down from like drop steps, triple threats, and up and unders, you know, all the way to you know shooting the ball and you know, so that's kind of where it started, man. And, you know, he was able to kind of really teach us the game and give us our first opportunity to play travel basketball, play AAU, play against some of the best players in the country. You know, we played against Justice Winslow, Kelly Oubre, Jaleel Okafor, Trey Lyles, all these guys that were, you know, in that 2014 class that we played in AAU Nationals. You know, back when people still did national. This is before EYBL, you know, before the Under Armour circuit, before, you know, Adidas Nations and all that kind of stuff. And we was doing AAU Nationals and the Super Showcase. You know what I'm saying? And um, he gave us that opportunity to kind of, you know, just play, man, and, and see that, yo, like, this is what this is what it means to kind of, you know, play basketball at this level, man. You know, you, it's cool to be good in Montgomery County, you know, a good back at Cofield Community Center, but, like, you're going up against Jaleel Four and, and Paul White and these guys from, um, from Ferrari, which is the AU team in Chicago that a lot of Simeon guys played for back then. Um, you know, it's just the real deal. You know, he made it clear that, like, yo, these are the guys that you're competing against for scholarships. You know what I'm saying? You're not competing against guys back in Silver Spring, Maryland for scholarships. Like you're competing against these guys for Division I scholarships. And, you know, he made it very clear that if we did not, you know, if we didn't take basketball seriously, it wasn't going to be any college for us, you know, because that's, that's just wasn't our, our, our situation financially. You know, mom didn't have it, you know. So we – he instilled that work ethic in us, you know what I'm saying, from a very young age. I like, you got to be in the gym every day, you know, so – I really started taking basketball seriously. I never forget after the 14 under nationals, we played Ferrari 
They beat us by 20 inches over before it dunked on one of my teammates. And after, man, this is like, yeah, like I said, this is 14 under, you know? So I'm like, yo, like, I'm a, I'm so far away from, from being at the level that I need to be at to where you know, I'm getting recruited. Like, I have so much work to do, man. And after that summer, man, I think I just started retaking basketball seriously, going to the gym every day, catching two buses to get the Cofield Community Center from our apartment, you know what I'm saying, and just making it happen. You know, and from there, that's kind of where, where the grind started. And I've been talking for a long time, so I'm going to let Ace kind of take it from there. But um, that's where it started, man, you know, from, you know, from Billy to AAU to Coach Tony, DC Warriors. I mean, that's that's really what built the foundation to kind of allow us to, to be the people who we are today in, in this space. Now, Ace, I got two questions then in order to, let, to, to segue us into this. First, first question is, is Drew gassing about just how bad y'all were when y'all first started playing basketball? And the second question is a little bit more of a serious question, which is from your perspective, what were some of your takeaways starting out in travel basketball? Because that's one of the big, that's one of the, like Drew kind of started illustrating, that's when you kind of learn the most about not only being in this basketball space, but you learn about yourself being on the road like that as well. You learn more about yourself as an individual than you even learn about yourself as a basketball player. First and foremost, he's he not exaggerating, man. We was trash, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's like literally like at the end of our basketball practices in in middle school, our AAU coach like we had to go on the line. Everybody on our team had to make a free throw to end practice. Everybody had to make it. So like, one person comes up, makes it. That's person had to make it. Everybody got to make a free throw. We were so bad. He was like, "Yo, y'all just got to make a layup. Like, just make a layup." You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how bad we were. Like. Like we couldn't, we couldn't, we weren't even, we, we were trash. Like <laughs> we were terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, like the fact that he even took a chance on us at that point in time was crazy. Cause like, yo, like you got all these other teams like DC Assault. Uh, that back then it was like DC Blue Devils returning the team takeover. Um, Triple Threat was big. This team like Fairfax Stars. Like, all these, yeah, like all these, all these teams were like like the big teams in the area at the time. And they had all these other players like. And we were we, like no other A team would take take taking us. Like we, we tried out for a team called the Classics. People in the DMV know know what the Classics are, but like we got cut from the Classics. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like it was we, it was over. Like we, it was either like Coach Tony's team. Where we were gonna be playing like rec basketball and just trying to like make it on our own. Which right. like we didn't even know how to work hard. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're young, you don't know how to work hard. You know what I'm saying? Like you think, oh, I'm going to the park every day and I'm hooping with my friends for an hour. Like that, that that's good enough. You know, if I do that every day, I'll be good. Like. Nah, like, bro, we was, Coach Tony was taking us, we were, we, he was our middle school coach. So, like, sixth grade, we were, because, and, and Montgomery County only played in seventh or eighth grade. So, like, mm -hmm. sixth grade, we were kind of, like, glorified managers. We didn't even go to every middle school practice, at, and we, even, even though we couldn't play. And we would just, like, sit and watch practice. We would let it jump in sometimes. And then after practice, we would take us to the rec center, and we would practice with him for, like, two more hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we would have, we would have our regular school day, uh, middle school practice, and then we would go to the rec and have like AAU practice, and you would be, you know, what I'm saying we would be getting them shots up till nine o'clock at night. So we would leave the house at six in the morning because middle school back then, I'm gonna be kind of started like seven in the morning. It was ridiculous. Um, we leave the house at like six in the morning, and we wouldn't get back home till like nine o'clock at night because we going to school in middle school practice, and then we going to the gym to get up more shots. You know what I'm saying? So like, like it would be time, bro. It would be, we would, it would be snowing and raining, bro. He would literally like now, time in, in Maryland would be snowing. He would take us to the court with a shovel. We wouldn't like shovel snow, like, like, <laughs> like, and like shoot in the snow. Like, it would be raining. We'd be shooting in the rain. We'd be like, yo, like, it's nobody else out here, bro. It's raining. Like, what, what are you right. doing? We'd be out here shooting in the rain. Like, but like, that's what we, oh, that's when it really quick. Like, yo, like, 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 first of all, I'm so far behind. I have to catch up. I have to do extra order to catch up. 
Mm-hmm. But secondly, it's like the dudes that make it, like when you get when you get into like high school and college, the dudes that make it are the ones that are waking up at 6 a.m. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They're just going to the gym before school and then having a school day, then working out after school. You know what I'm saying? We didn't know that. Like you genuinely have to learn how to work hard. You know what I'm saying? And right. go fast forward a little bit, but we, but we ended up, we were at Springbrook High School. And in, in high school, um, again, we were like, our senior year, we were two of the best players in the county. You know what I'm saying? Like we were all county, like all state, like all that. Like, like um, and we literally like, like Drew had a whole bunch of D1 offers. I only had one D1 offer. Niagara's only school that offered both of us together at the time. But like, if we didn't went to college that first year, you know what I'm saying? We'd have been doing ourselves a disservice. Like we went, we went to do the postgraduate year at Putnam Science Academy up in Connecticut. We played with Hamu Diallo there. Um, played with Mamu Diara, who obviously ended up going to UConn and he ended up getting hurt. Um, he was a top 100 player. We had five or six other guys that were Division One players at point guard. Played at Ryder. Um, one of our um, wings he ended up going to Jacksonville for a little bit. One of our babies at Ferry Dickinson for a little bit. Uh, other big man, he was at Maine, and then he went to Fairfield. Um, we had a bunch of guys that were Division One on, on that team, you know what I'm saying? So, like, every day, like, me guarding a homie in, in practice every day, like, like you know what I'm saying, playing – it would get so competitive because, like, first of all, we all trying to get scholarships. But second of all, like, we from the DMV, they from New York, right. people from Rhode Island, people from, like, Jersey. was like, yo, like, I remember my state. I, I'm, like, we from the DMV. I'm not, like, come, come here. And, 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 and the, the little New York dude think it's sweet. Like, so it's to the point where, like, dudes would be, like, fighting – during open gym in the in the we gonna get water dudes fighting, come back in with like bloody nose and be hooping like me and Drew would usually play like Keelan and Jaime like at the practice, like on the regular, like literally like, yeah, all right, like, like we'll be playing pickup, we'd be playing two on two, whatever. Like, oh yeah, like 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 after this, check up two on two. And me and Drew would be playing them two on two, like at the after the open gym, we were just so competitive, you know what I'm saying? But that's we want that's how we just learn how to compete. Cause when you're in Montgomery County, you the best player in the area, you best player in your school, best player in the county, it's like you you, you 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 can get real complacent, you know what I'm saying? But then you go to PSA, and not only are we playing against dudes every day in practice that, that are, you know what I'm saying, Division One players, high major players, we go in and playing Brewster with Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Adams, Justin Simon, David Chris, um, Alex uh, Illicanen, Jared Ruder. They had like seven Marcus Derrickson. They had like seven high major dudes at Brewster. We go into Hargrave and playing, like, like, I think they had like four, five, yeah, six. Daniel Pirro Ford, like John Davis, um, that kid that went to Wichita, like IMG had Jaquan Lyle and the kid uh South Nam seen that that they got helped by the Mavericks. Um Whitney Gabriel was at Wilberman Munson. Um I mean the list goes on. I can't I can't even can't name all dudes we, we, we played against, but you be playing against dudes in practice every day. You know what I'm saying? Like we we, we played against Hami in practice every day. And then you go on the road and playing against Donovan Mitchell, playing against all these other people, William Gabriel and, and all the other people. So it's like, you learn how to play hard, you learn how to compete. And that's what even got us ready for college. You know what I'm saying? But like, we had to learn all of that from like a young age because Tony like learned how to really work hard. Like when we got to Springbrook, we were going to the gym before school at like 6 a.m. Hmm. Getting up shots. And it's crazy because a couple, like literally a month ago, I was I was talking to some people that I went to high school with. And they were like, yo, like you and your brother really like, like got mad good, mad fast. Like y'all came in and y'all was good. Like, like, like y'all playing with the varsity freshman year. Like obviously like, 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 y'all came in and we had a scrimmage for Georgetown prep and Drew came in, I think he had like five threes. Like he like he, he played really well that year. So we were like back and forth from JV and varsity from our freshman year. And um, they were like, yo, like, but then like y'all ended up actually going D1. Like, like, like how like, how'd y'all do that? I'm like, yeah, bro, like, we, was, we was coming in before school at 6 a.m. Then we was going to Springbrook practice. Then we was going home. And even going to White Oak Rec, which is the rec center of our house, 
or we was going to like Kofir, which was the record. I, hey, you could take us to. We was getting a boy shot. It was like, damn, bro, like, I wasn't doing that. Like, yeah, bro, like, like, like I, I won't know that in high school, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so you know, it, it was, and, and these were we were sophomores at the time. They were seniors. So like, we, we but we were on varsity. We, we would hang out with them all the time, like in practice at the school. Like, yeah, bro, like, I won't know that, bro. Like, like now I see why y'all went D one. Like, y'all y'all really putting in the work, but we had to earn that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't just have that. Like, I, 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 that, that came from our, our AAU coach kind of instilling that in us. Then we, Again, with the Putnam, working out every day by ourselves, 6 a.m. Then we would have school. Then we would have, like, Putnam practice. Then we would get up shots after Putnam practice. Or we would, we would have, like, we would have, like, school. Last class would be at, like, 3. We would shoot from, like, 3 to 5, go to dinner from, like, 5 to 6. And then Putnam practice would be, like, 6 to, like, 8. And then we would go, after that, we would go chill for the night or whatever. But, like, we had to, like, we were getting, like, two workouts a day in on our own, just me and Drew. But, like I said, like, that, that was the stuff that we had, like, learned. From my AU coach, learned throughout the years of just like competing, like yo, like if I'm gonna beat these dudes out, we gotta bust our ass and really put that work in. You know what I'm saying? But like a lot of kids from Montgomery County, a lot of kids from these other areas, you don't really, if you don't go and play travel basketball and you, you don't go, lose by 20 to Jalil Okafor, or go get, you know what I'm saying, beat by Houston Select with Kelly Uber and Justice Winslow and them, like you're not gonna, you can be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm out here killing these, these people in Montgomery County, like I'm averaging 30, I'm busting all these dudes' ass, but you don't get that perspective until you go out there and play with some real dudes and you get work. You're like, oh, all right, I got some work to do with these dudes that I'm competing against. If I want to make the league, if I want to get a scholarship, I'm competing against these dudes. So that was kind of all of our, that was kind of the big thing that I took in travel basketball was just like getting out there and really playing against dudes that was a lot better than me at the time. I'm like, yo, like this is a humbling experience. I have to really get better if I want to do things that I want to do. So y'all both kind of ended on a really similar note. So Drew, I'm gonna go back to you and kind of tie it all together with it, like try to get this perspective because y'all both kind of touched on it. I kind of want to like build upon it, right? Y'all have talked about all the talent that y'all have ran across. And a lot of these names, I think people are not, these. some people are not familiar with some of the names y'all have listed off. If you have it, I'll drop it in the description somewhere. Some of these people y'all got for real look up, but they've come around, they've come across some real solid dudes on their on their uptick to where they are right now. Drew, my question to you, and Ace, I'm gonna get your perspective on this in a second as well. You spoke on it a little bit. Drew, your, what are your thoughts on just being around the talent itself? And the fact that, again, you're in the mix. It's not like, you know, you're not watching from the sidelines. Y'all said y'all been there, done that as the certified water boys here and there when you guys first started hooping. But y'all were really in the mix with some of these guys you listed off. You know, we making them sound all big and bad. You keep throwing Jalil Okafor's name out because that's one of them dudes in the league. But y'all was battling with them. So, how, so Drew, from your perspective, what was it like being in the mix, though? It's one thing to be a witness, but you you was really in there. Y'all was really there. Yeah, man, I think, like, it was crazy, man. I think, like, when it all kind of came full circle for me was my postgraduate year before I went to Putnam, I got selected to play in um, Reebok breakout camp. And uh, for those who know about Reebok Real Camp, but for who, those who don't know about it, it was like a national camp that was held in Philadelphia every year. Um, it was like a top 100 camp. My year, um, Terrence Ferguson was there, Derek Jones, Justin Simon, Scala Bissier, uh, Derek Thornton, um, Elijah Thomas, uh, Diamond Stone. These vicious um, names. Bro. This goes on and on and on, man. And I'm like, I went to a trial and I, and I made it, man. And I was like, dang, yo, like, I'm really here. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really expect to, like, go there and do much. But, like, you know, you walk in the gym and literally Jim Beheim was there. Patino was there. Like, Michigan was there. Like, 
I'm looking like they watching me play. Like, I'm like, damn, bro, that's Beheim right there. Like, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, after the camp, oh, uh, PJ Dozier from Denver Nuggets was there. And we played against him in the tournament. And after we played against him in, in, in the uh, AU game, right after the tournament was over for uh, Upward Stars from South Carolina, man. And, like, it was crazy, man, because I was like, yo, like, you take it for granted. You know what I'm saying? I, you, you can go back on YouTube. And I still got my mixtape from that camp up there. Like, sometimes – I'll go back and watch it, and I'll be like, dang, yo, like, I was really getting busy, you know what I'm saying? Like, it made me a highlight pick from this camp that had, like, multiple NBA players and first-round draft picks. So I'm just like, sometimes I, I just think about that, and I'm just like, dang, yo, like, I really came a long way, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, and just being around, you know, being around the talent, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, <clears throat> I don't know, man, it just makes you appreciate the grind, appreciate, you know, where you started from, Um and it just makes you understand, man, that like, yo, you you belong here. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, obviously we had our ups and downs at um, in college, you know, playing, not playing, red shirt and having to transfer and stuff. And sometimes, you know, just having to think back and like, yo, like you belong here. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, i never forget hoop group was never a moment for me. Like, you know, I made the all-star game at hoop group camp and it's me, uh, Isaiah Whitehead, we on the same team playing against Isaiah Briscoe. And I had like 20 in the All-Star game, you know, I'm like, they ended up giving uh, Whitehead MVP because like, it's Isaiah Whitehead, but like we was, it was 20 and 20. Like I'm not right there with you. I could, I, I probably could have got MVP in this joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and um, it was crazy, man, just to like, like I said, man, just, just to see how far I came, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, I feel like even now as a pro, man, like I think it's even more magnified when you talk about just being around, you know what I'm saying? Like just being around vets, you know, being around guys that have been playing for longer, you learn so much about the game, man. Like, one thing I've, I've learned, I know I'm jumping way ahead, so we have to come back, but uh, one thing I learned about just being over here overseas, like, it's not about having talent. Like, like there's so many dudes who come overseas and be nice, like, but they get set home because they can't think the game or read the game or they can't play off the ball, you know what I'm saying? Or they don't know how to how to space the floor, you know what I'm saying? And they can cut when somebody has the ball. It's just like, that's something that I've learned just from being around dudes and just listening to them talk about the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you can pick up so much about how to take care of your body, you know, how to eat, how to stretch, how to prepare for a game mentally. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that stuff comes from just being around good players and being around guys who take the game seriously. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I think you can kind of translate that even back, you know, at, at, a, at a younger age, you know, in, in high school and in college, man, I mean, I think you can just learn how to carry yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to just being around and, um, you know, being able to kind of test yourself, you know, amongst the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? It really gives you that that confidence and then the knowledge to be able to kind of carry that forward into the next situation. So, Ace, here's my thing with y'all. Let's, let's fast forward just a smidge. Let's talk about college ball for a second. Two young dudes from the DMV thinking that this college perspective of hooping at another level like that, right? You talk about you guys' financial situation, your home life, the circumstances you guys grew up in, within in order to even grind to that level. I don't know if you can speak on, you know, both of you guys' behalf, but Ace, where do, you, where do you feel like or what do you feel like was the moment, the place where you were mentally that said, oh, we can go hoop at that level, that college level, really go play in that area and talk about the start of that journey. Like I said, it is a little bit of stuff in between, you know, the beginning and Coppin State. So work us, work us towards it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think coming into college, we had, 
extremely high expectations. It's just because of the fact that, like, like you said, we, we grew up, you know what I'm saying, and busted our ass to get, get to college, you know what I'm saying, and we're some of the best players in, in the area of the DMV coming out our senior year and played on the top 10 team at Putnam Science Academy, started every game at PSA, you know what I'm saying, and you mean, you mean the college, and you got to start back you know, from the beginning, basically, and um, our first three years, so we had we played for three different coaching staffs in college. We had a coach our freshman and sophomore year that recruited us to Quinnipiac, and then we had they ended up getting fired after our sophomore year. We ended up having a new coach our junior year, and then junior senior year we played for him, and then we ended up playing for Juan Dixon, obviously our grads year at Coppin. So I think our first year when we got to Quinnipiac, um, there were like a bunch of guys that were older, you know, what I'm saying that, that, that were already there. They had a, they had a couple of seniors, um, and we, we weren't very good uh, our first year. Um, and I know, I think Drew actually had, had a week. Um, didn't you win like rookie of the week one week at, at Quinnipiac uh, that first year? Yeah, yeah, I won a Mac rookie of the week. Um, I thought I had 15 against Maris, I had like five threes in the first half, and I got yeah. Mac rookie of the week. Golly, bro. Yeah, so 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 the Drew 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 had a, had an opportunity to that's success freshman year. Um, I didn't play that much freshman year, and my sophomore year, I did a red shirt. So for me, the kind of moments that I kind of knew that I could play, well, I, mean, I was that confidence to myself, like knowing that, mm-hmm. like, yo, like, I'm good enough, like, I'm, I'm, I, I can hoop, like, you feel right. me? Um, but my junior year, um, it was tough for me to start. Like, the first three of the season, I didn't even play. I mean, I was just really discouraged. Like, we got, we have, like, I'm like, damn, yo, like, didn't play my freshman year. I registered sophomore year. Now we got a new coach. I'm thinking it's a new beginning. And the first three games of the season, I didn't even get in the game. So I'm like, damn, yo, like, what's going on, bro? So I'm like, yo, like, I'm like, yo, when I get an opportunity, bro, like I'm <laughs> like I'm about to go in there, like I don't care about nothing. Like I'm about to, I'm about to go crazy. So like Junior, we we played um, we're playing supposed to be the Virgin Islands. <laughs> but it ended up <laughs> uh, that that year, only a couple of years back, this part like 2017, 2018. So it's like this like summer 2017, there were a bunch of hurricanes that hit um the, the, the Gulf Coast, like the Caribbean and, and like the Virgin Islands, that whole area. And so um, the Virgin Islands got wrecked. Like the Virgin Islands and a lot of the, the, the islands over in the Caribbean got literally destroyed by these hurricanes. So we didn't get to go to the Virgin Islands, which was which was a I, I, I was distraught. I mean, I I, I I would never look that down to this day because they moved to Vegas, they moved to LA, right. you know what I'm saying? Moved to Miami, you know what I'm saying? Like, Keep it late. Keep it late. This to Lynchburg, Virginia. Oh, that's I bad. cannot make this up. <laughs> it was a paradise jam at Lynch in Lynchburg, Virginia. Like, and um, so we were there and um we played Colorado the first game. We're beating them the whole the whole way. McKinley Wright, who played for the Timberwolves now, hits a game winner at the buzzer beater off the back. We were up by like I think like I think I think at one point we led by like by like 12, I think, in the second half. And we were leading by like Maybe like seven or so, like a minute left, and and smoked a couple front of the one on ones. They ended up scoring. We ended up losing the game on a wild chop to be right. Didn't play. Next game we playing Wake Forest, and like the first half I didn't play. So I get in the game. We down by like 15, 20 or so. I get in the game with like five minutes. I'm like, yo, I ain't passing the toe. Like, <laughs> I ain't passing the ball. Like, so I get the ball. Like first best, I'm dribbling or whatever. And it's crazy. The point guard at Wake Forest at the time was a dude named Brian Crawford. And he um, played with Team Takeover and went to Gonzaga. We, we know him from the Cofield days. Like, he's, he's from Rosemary. Like, he used to go to come to Cofield. Like, he's younger than us. We, I know him for, like, we know him at the time of probably, like, more than 10 years. And so it was like, we, we playing against, against him. He's checking me. And I, I like, a Boston kid, I refused to screen. And I went and got an air one. 
And I was like, yo, like, all right, like down in the field, whatever. Next day, we played Liberty. They put me in. I hit two threes um, all right, right, right when I got in the game. So from then on, like, all right, like I'm in the field now. Like, I started, from then on, the rest of my junior year, I was playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we played UMass. I had like eight points, and we beat UMass at home um, that year, which was the first time that we had, we had beaten like an A-10 school. Um, I was with Coach Dunleavy. I think my freshman year, um, we, we, we didn't beat anybody that big yet. Um, so that, that, was, that was a pretty big win for us. And I played well. And then um, we go to the MAC tournament, fast forward, and I'm playing. I had the game winning three, like, to win. We were the seventh seed that, that, that year. And so in the MAC, the first five seeds get a, get a first round by six to 11. They, um, you had to play the first round. We were the seventh seed. We played Siena in the first game. They were like the 10th seed. And the whole tournament was at Siena. So we beat them the first game. We're playing Canisius the second game. Canisius was the second seed. They, they actually were tied the first, but the tiebreaker put, put them in, in second. And they had beat us twice that year. And um, that was like a big rivalry game. We were, every time we played them, like, we, it's, it's static. Like, we, we talking crazy to each other. Like, we ain't like them, they ain't like us. So the whole game, we talking crazy. Like, and I literally, uh, I had a three to basically, like, win the game at, at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? And that was, like, a huge moment, moment for me. It was like, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I literally, like, been like I, I started the year not playing at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, and by the end, like, I'm playing, like, 20, 30 minutes a game. Like, I'm in the game, and I'm hitting big shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, next day, like, like everybody want to ask me questions in the knee. Like, I'm getting all these interviews and stuff. Like, it was crazy. So I was like, damn, brother, this is what I've been working for my whole college for real, like, for these moments. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that was kind of a moment for, me, for me where it kind of all, all came together, like, have an opportunity to to, to – to finally get on the court and make and make a difference and make an impact, uh, but I had to bust my ass for that. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't playing, bro. I was not. I wasn't the first two games of the year. I wasn't playing. I didn't get in the game. But I'm like, yo, like this is crazy, bro. I didn't play my freshman year. I redshirted, and now it's about to happen to me again. Like, nah, I'm not going like that. But I get in the game, bro. Like I'm making my impact, bro. Like you, you gonna play me, bro? So sure. ended up working out well. And then obviously senior went well. You know, so I mean, um, I would just say like like that was the moment for me. Um, really in college where, where I was like, you know what, like, this is what I've been working for my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Um, no matter what the setbacks was, whether it's me not playing my first two years or me not playing in the beginning of the years, like, you know what, like, this, 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 this moment really, you know, uh, made it all worth it. And I think that was the moment for me where I kind of like, you know what, like, this, this, this is where I belong. This is what I've been working for. And, and you know, I think that was kind of my, my, my coming, my, like, coming of age kind of uh, moment for me was that, that, that shot that I hit in the match moment uh, versus Kinesis. So Drew, here's we go. We gonna we gonna go a route. We got Ace right here on. We got Ace right here on the pod. No pulling punches. When you had to watch this man ride the pond, first of all, what's your thought process? Watching this is your bro, and you know he can hoop. You know what he's done. You've seen the grind the entire time. The second question to build upon that is, what is your first thought when you see that Ace? is in the game, but he's in the game to stay now. He's Now he's in that space. He's around. Y'all are on the court together. Y'all are in the mix together. And it's demon time for the, for the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first question, I'll say, like, I, like I said, man, me and my brother have been playing together and <clears throat> working out together, you know, since we were kids. You know what I'm saying? And even, like, in college, throughout all, when all this was going on, we were in the gym together, working out together. You know what I'm saying? And, um, we were both going through it, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was just like, dang, yo, like, <clears throat> I know he deserves to be out there, you know what I'm saying? And then like, I was going through my own up and downs where I was playing and I wasn't playing. He was helping me out through that as well, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's, that's a blessing of, of having a twin 
you know, and being able to go to college together, man, because at the end of the day, when we were both going through something, we were both there for each other and pick each other up. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think that was really the biggest thing. And as far as when he started playing, man, it was crazy because it kind of like flipped. Because in the beginning, I was playing a lot. He wasn't playing. Then at the end, I had I ended up tearing, uh, tearing a ligament in my uh, ankle. So I missed the last 11 games of the season, my, my junior year, when all this was happening, when he was like hitting shots and playing. So it's like I'm on the I'm on the bench with a boot, you know what I'm saying? And he hooping. So I'm like, dang, yo, like it was crazy because we 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 played at Quinnipiac for three years, went there for four years, but we never really like were both playing at the same time. Like it would be moments when we would be in the game together here and there, but like not really for an extended period of time. But that was really why Copman was so big because that was really the first time that like we were both hooping like together, like both on the court, both playing minutes. You know what I'm saying? And being able to actually play together since high school. You know what I'm saying? So that's really, um, you know, it was it was crazy, man. Like I said, just going through them ups and downs, you know. But, like, I think at the end of the day, man, like, that's that was why we, we, we went to school together. You know what I'm saying? We went through a lot in college. Both of us playing, not playing. Our mom passed away our sophomore year. That was probably, like, you know, rock bottom, you know, for both of us. You know what I'm saying? And just having each other there to, to lean on while all that was going on was just, I mean, you can't really put a, a value on it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that time period would have been like our sophomore year, you know, having our mom pass away and we were at different schools. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that would have even, I don't know what that would have been like. You know, I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't really know how that would have went. And then, you know, thinking, thinking we were going to separate at the Quinnipiac, I ended up committing to Bryant initially when I, I decided to go on as a grad transfer. I was um, in, you know, Obviously, I didn't end up going to Bryant, but, you know, that was supposed to be the first time we switched up. I was going to be at Bryant. Ace was going to be at Coppin. And then God ended up finding a way, you know, and we ended up both being at Coppin State, you know. And I don't know if if if, if, if I'm at Bryant and Ace is at Coppin State, there might not ever be an all-facts needed. You know, we, we might not have, have ever even founded that, you know, because we'd have been in two separate places on two separate schedules doing two separate things. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, man, I think everything happens for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And, um... I, I I do wish that a couple of things would have went differently, you know, throughout both of our college careers. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think that, you know, we're, 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 we're supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? But um, I'm just grateful that, you know, I had Ace to help me out through all my stuff that I was going through in college. And I'm sure, you know, he feels the same way. So, Ace, I want you to build off of what Drew was saying. Now we in the Coppin State time. We're going to get to you guys in the podcast in a real quick second. But I want to talk about Coppin State a little bit more. What is that experience like? You got, Like Drew kind of said, that was y'all first real time on the floor consistently with each other. Y'all have played each other beforehand. We understand it's the bro wavelengths on top of the fact that, you know, you guys are just a solid group. So – Talk to me about your experience. That was that was a one year like run for y'all. You know what I mean? That was a real quick run, a real good snapshot of what you know you guys together and that kind of group was like. So speak on that your your Coppin State experience and you know not just you guys together but the squad. Yeah, shoot, that was really like a, like a eight months, <laughs> nine <laughs> months because <laughs> COVID hit in March, so we didn't, to, we, we didn't get to play our conference tournament. We didn't get to have that like your spring or whatever at Coppin, right. like none of that, it all got wiped out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, um, it was crazy. I, mean, I think like, thinking back, like there are like, there are two moments in our basketball journey. I think I'll remember forever. I think the one, the first one is that our senior year of high school, we were at Springbrook. And it's actually the last game that our mom ever seen us play in person. 
And uh, we were playing Dulaney, who actually had a kid named Isaiah Land that ended up playing at Marist. He's from Baltimore as well. Um, he ended up playing the match. We played against him for four more years in college. Um, but um, we played against him uh, our senior year of high school. Uh, we were at Springbrook. He was Dulaney. He was for right there with a Comcast. So this is like the last home game in our gym at Springbrook. Like, they, they bought buses with people, like, from, from Dulaney. And we obviously had our gym packed. Like, this, we, we hadn't been – so Springbrook – Six, seven for eighth grade year, won three straight state championships. I think that's, that's the only time that a school had won three straight in the 4A. Maybe ever, or it, it, it had been a long time, but Springbrook was like a, was like a dynasty in Montgomery County, which is why we went there. But our freshman, sophomore, and junior year, we lost. Our freshman year, we, 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 we should have went, but um, we had a, our best player was ineligible. Or one of our best players was ineligible for the playoffs. So we ended up losing in the, in the regional final in the game before states. Our sophomore year, we freaking uh, lost at home to Sherwood. Um, our best player, the dude that was ineligible the year before, he missed the free throw to win the game, ended up going to overtime and losing. And then our junior year, we lost in the first round of the playoffs. We got upset by a Baltimore school. So our senior year, this is like, 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 like me and Drew were kind of like that next wave of like Springbrook, like basketball. They're like, yo, like, like these dudes like are, are next up. Like, did they about to take us back to states? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like we were obviously in the glory age before, and now these guys are about to bring us back. So this is our senior year. We're like, all right, we, we, we didn't been the paper the whole year. Like, we got to put on. Like, this is probably the biggest game of our lives. And like I said, our mom was there. And um, we killed. Like, I think at the first half, I had like 18. I had like six threes. And in the second half, Drew went crazy. I think he finished with like 20. Had a crazy dunk. Like, we, we beat Delaney by, like, 40. We, we ran him out the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember our mom was, like, in the stand, jumping up and down, like, going crazy. And um, literally that next, like, the like the next day or two, like, a week later, she um she ended up getting really sick. And she ended up starting to have – she had a pain pump. And long story short, her pain pump ran out of medicine. So she started having she was in, like, a lot of pain. Blood pressure shot up. Started having seizures. Seizures got so bad that she had one that was, that was, that was so bad. I don't know – People sometimes think that it might have been a stroke, but it ended up paralyzing her from the waist down. So she could no longer walk. Her like left side, her right side of her body like, like was like different after that. And um, so from then on, like she couldn't even walk. So for the next couple of weeks, she was in the hospital. So she couldn't even, she, she didn't see us play at States. Obviously when we went to college at Quinnipiac, she didn't see us play. Like she, she, came, she came to visit our, our coaches at Quinnipiac, God bless their soul, like bless their heart. I mean, they, they like drove down to Maryland in a van picked her up in a van, drove her back to Connecticut and was able to let her see the campus on, on our business. So she saw the campus, met our coaches and everything. Um, but she never got to see us play in college. Um, so that game in high school was like, me and Drew both killed, we won, our mom was there. Like that was like, like, like highlight number one. The second one came at Coppin State. And um, so thankful for this, we were like, obviously got, got a chance to play back, back at home. And we were playing up at James Madison. And um, we both went crazy. Like I had 20, I had like six threes. I think Drew had like 18 and 10 or 18 and 12 or something like that. Like that game, we beat, beat JMU by like 20. And mind you, Coppin hadn't won a single game in, in the non-conference since Juan had been there. So our year, we obviously beat Loyola Chicago on the road. Me and Drew both played a lot of minutes that game and had a, had a big part in that. Beat ECU on the road. I think we both had double figures that game, which was another huge win. First time we had beat like a high major team at Coppin for, for like a decade almost, I want to say. Um, and we beat Cornell at home, and we beat JMU at home. This was like the fourth non-conference win that they had that year, which was, I think, in like tied a record, or we were like one back from like tying the record for non-conference wins. And um, like I said, we, we both killed. Uh, I ended up winning MEAC player of the week for that week. I had 20 that game. Then I had 15 at uh, 
Montana, we played like, like, like next week, trying to get played a week for, for that week. And it was like, damn, bro, like this is what we came here for. You know what I'm saying? Like we back at our hometown school, we both eat, we both playing, like, and um that was another moment we was like, man, like this will be this, this this really what we came here for, like to play together, to both cook, like it, and, and that game was like was probably the one game like both of us killed. Like, we, we both went off, we had a big win. And um, so I said those are probably the two moments I could I could think back to like that that game at Duaney and then that game at Jay Madison was like kind of full circle moments, you know what I'm saying? From like high school in 2014 and like Cobbler State, like 2019, you know what I'm saying? 2019, 2020 school year, where it was like, man, like like this this made it all worth it, you know what I'm saying? All the years that we've been kind of trying to get to this point. So I would say that those are those are probably that was like the most rewarding part, just being able to our last we knew that that, that was our last hurrah. Like, we're not gonna play the game right there. It's like we we got lucky going to college together. We got lucky going to going to Putnam together for got lucky going to Quinnipiac and Coppin. And now like this our last hurrah. So we're able to go out our last year together, you know what I'm saying, with something extremely special that I definitely would never take for granted. Just so the listeners understand the type of damage that took place in this game. These these two boys right here combined for 38 points in this game. Put up 23s, hit 10 of them jokers, and they blew James Madison out. It was 94 to 78. So when they say they, they put the foot on the gas, they wasn't playing. They, they that was a the day they wanted to show up, make sure it was clear, just so y'all understand that you know they was really out there to hoop. So I want to touch on something that y'all both uh brought up in um when talking about you guys' journey through college, uh, mainly the fact that your mom didn't get to see you guys play. Ace, I'm gonna stick with you, but I want both of you guys' thoughts on this really quickly. What did your mom, especially we got to go go back to the upbringing as a single parent household, the way you guys had, you know, the upbringing that you guys had, the things that were instilled into you leading up to wanting to pursue basketball long term. Where does your mom for you a start with you? Where does your mom come into the picture in terms of what she meant, what she meant, what she means to you in terms of playing basketball? It's crazy you asked me because it was after that shot that I hit was Canisius in the match tournament my junior year. The next day, mm-hmm. um, we had like a media day. We were off that day. We were going to play in the semifinals. So we had like, we had a day off. So it was like a bunch of media people. And they asked me that same question. They were like, yo, like, oh, they, they were like, well, what would your mom, you know, what did, what did it mean to you? You know, because out the year after my mom passed away, and the thing that mm-hmm. I said was that, you know, the, thing that, like, the one thing that they think that my mom left with me and left with Drew as well is that like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had to deal with a lot of adversity growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like going to clothes closets, can we have clothes all the time? Going to food pantries, can we have food all the time? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like not knowing where these miracles gonna come from some days. Like, but watching my mom, like she was doing the best she could and she was busting her ass. Like she didn't work because she had two on two on disability. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it'd be days where she couldn't barely get out of bed she was in so much pain. But she would find a way to, 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 you know, make sure we had food on our table, make sure we had clothes on our back. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, if she can go through all of that, you know what I'm saying, with with the pain that, she, that she's going through with not having money, it was something where she wouldn't eat because she knew that we had to eat, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we seen her sacrificing all this, like, who am I complaining about anything? Who am I complaining about playing time? You know what I'm saying? Who am I complaining about, you know what I'm saying, not 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 getting as many minutes as I want to on the basketball court, you know what I'm saying? Like, who am I, who am I to be throwing a fit because I got a, a C or a D on the test, you know what I'm saying? Like, people out here with real life issues, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People out here with real life, like, situations, you know what I'm saying? Don't got no food, don't got no clothes. People out there home, people out here that got cancer and all type of terminal illnesses that's dying, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we get to go out here every day and, and live our dream and, and play basketball, you know what I'm saying? We get to go out here every day and live on a dream that somebody else 
would die to have. You know what I'm saying? Somebody out here that that can't walk, that would die just to be able to walk on their two feet. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we never took anything for granted. I think that was the main thing, just keeping things in perspective throughout college. Like, a lot of people probably would have transferred. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they didn't play their freshman year, and then you know what I'm saying? It looked like they're not going to play their next year. Like, dude would have dipped. Or like, it was like, man, like, first of all, I'm doing this with my brother. Second of all, it's like, I, I love Inky Johnson. Inky Johnson, I feel a motivational speaker. He speaks about this all the time. Um, about just like he he has this one video. He was talking about like um, if you quit on a run sprint, you stand no chance at life. You know what I'm saying? Like if you you got people that think like oh like they're saying like I, I ain't trying to do this school stuff. I'm gonna go hard at basketball, but like you know what I'm saying I don't really care about that school stuff. Or like oh like I'm like oh I'm gonna go hard in the game, but practice like I don't, I don't care about that. But it's like you can't really pick and choose when you wanna when you wanna go hard. You can't pick and choose like when you want to give your all, it's like, it's, it's either you do it, everything you do or you don't. And those same habits creep into your everyday life when you get, when you're not playing basketball, when you graduate from school and you got dudes that are like, all right, my whole identity this whole time was basketball. Now I don't got basketball. Now what am I about to do? And they be stuck in life. You know, so I think our, our moms always gave us a level of perspective, understanding that we're blessed to even be able to breathe on our own. You know what I'm saying? Like when our mom was paralyzed, we had to like roll her over in bed at times. We had to like, you know what I'm saying? Like she had to get changed every day. She had a cat that she couldn't even walk, walk to the bathroom and stuff like that on her own. So it's like not taking anything for granted, being able to feed yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to being able to do the little things that people take for granted. I think she's always been able to give us perspective. So it was like going through college when I when, when stuff was messed up. You know what I'm saying? We battling through injuries. We not playing for like we always had a perspective, like, you know what, it could be so much worse. At the end of the day, we here in school together. We got a free education. You know what I'm saying? We having the time of our lives with each other. So it's like, that's all we can really ask for. I can't really, I can't really, you know what I'm saying, get too caught up in, you know, things that aren't really going my way. Like, I done been through way worse. So I'm not going to trip off of this stuff I'm going through right now. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have to steal from the store every day for, I didn't know where I was getting my food. Like every day you come up from school going to work with stealing. Like we didn't know if we was going to eat, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, when you got to deal with stuff like that, then when you get to, to college, you get to the real world and, and shit happens to you, excuse my French, that, 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 that don't go your way. Like you like got that perspective, like, yo, like, I didn't been through way worse than this. I'm a, like nothing can really phase me. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was the one thing that my mom left on me, left on both of us. Um, that was what she meant to us our, our whole our basketball career. And that's one thing she's gonna, you know, that's just, that we're gonna carry with us from her our, our whole lives. Drew, from your perspective, just build on that. I mean, you know, it ain't gotta be, you know, as as, as deep as that, but from your perspective, like, you know, like where you where do you feel like, you know, your mom you know, plays a factor in all this. Cause I mean, your journey is huge. And I feel like one of the biggest things is having somebody in your corner. Like you said beforehand, she didn't get to see, you know, you guys' college career when y'all really took off, you know what I mean? In terms of like, at least you guys' journey as a, as a unit. And with that being the case, you know, that game that you guys keep referring to is huge, but I'm sure that again, like, like you guys have been mentioning everything off the court, probably helped you guys so much more in terms of your journey on the court. So, you know, from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like, just, just knowing that like at the end of the day, man, like if we don't got nobody else and we, we, we got each other, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, even like after, after college, you know what I'm saying? Like me and Ace got our own apartment together, you know what I'm saying? And like, I just know our mom will be happy that, you know, her, her sons were, were living together and taking care of one, one another. And, you know what I'm saying? I was using Ace car and, you help me out while I need to go somewhere. You know, if Ace needed to, to have some of mine, I would, I would help him out or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like we we just help each other out when 
even our little brother Adam, you know, that was living with us, you know, he's getting ready to move back home to your DMV, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, we, we got him too, you know what I'm saying? Making sure that at the end of the day, like, you know, I know our mom would have wanted to make sure that, you know, we're all right, you know what I'm saying? Ace pretty much touched on everything as far as like the basketball aspect of it. But, you know, for me, I just know that, you know, everything that's, that's happening, you know, outside of basketball, man, like he said, it's like when you grow up and you don't have food to eat, you don't have clothes, man, and, and you fast forward, it's like, yo, we got our own apartment that we paying rent for, like, with our own money that we made, you know what I'm saying? And we're not, we're not worrying about, like, missing meals. We could put groceries in the house ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was really the biggest thing for me, you know what I'm saying? And just being able to take care of ourselves and not being in a position where, you know, we could help take care of our little brother, you know what I'm saying? That's all that I know that our mother would have wanted, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, for me, I think that was the biggest thing, just, you know, making sure that, you know, she could rest peacefully, you know, knowing that we're all right, you know what I'm saying? And that we're doing what we have to do, you know, as men, you know, as the men that, that she raised us to be, you know? So that's, you know, that's pretty much the, the you know, why I try to, you know, keep it in perspective and kind of like, you know, always remember, man, at the end of the day, like, you know, you know, just make sure that, you know, we're, we're making her proud, you know, and everything that we do on and off the court. So I'm going to take that and build upon something um, that I want y'all both to speak on. And now we get into the all facts media space in terms of talking about the origin of that. Um, hilariously enough, we guys have, we, you guys have been on this, this podcast before, but we really haven't dug into the nitty gritty of where that all started. And one of the biggest things that I've learned, you know, not even going to college, but just, you know, playing high school, who's playing high school across and stuff like that. One thing that my parents always told me was that the sport is not forever. I think when you guys in this, this media space and this podcast space, um, have pursued this and Pursued it at a really high level. I mean, people should not sleep on this on this podcast. If you haven't subscribed, get on it. So the link is already in the description. I'm letting y'all know right now. But it's one of those things that I feel like is really important from an athlete's perspective. We're in that new day day and age of the athlete where it's not the dumb jock anymore, right? You still got a handful of bad apples here and there that kind of, you know, put dirt on the day. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of people who's learning about the forward thinking of being able to do like, like Ace said earlier, do what you love, do it at a high level, and then be in a position to build upon that. So, Drew, I'm gonna start with you on this. Where, what, what, what was the, what is the origin story per se of All Facts Media? What made you guys come up with it? And in the midst of it, uh, kind of explain uh, the purpose of All Facts Media too. Yeah, I mean, so for those who don't know, I mean, we got our undergraduate degree from Quinnipiac. Uh, in journalism. And, you know, Quinnipiac, as far as, you know, journalism school, this is one of the top in the nation. And I mean, this isn't me just, you know, being biased. Like, it's, it's actually one of the top media schools um, in the country. So, you know, for us, it was a tremendous honor to be able to, you know, graduate with a journalism degree from Quinnipiac. And, you know, all of our student media was like award winning. You know, um, our, our, our news, our news show, the Q30 News, we had you know, Sports Pause was an award-winning show that was like sort of like a, a sports center type of show where we kind of just um, broke down highlights and things like that from all the sports around campus. Um, we had a show called Bobcat Breakdown. It was like a first take style debate show. That was another award-winning show. We had QBSN, which was uh, our magazine that we had that was, they were doing some great work over there. Uh, we had the, the Quinnipiac Chronicle, which was our school newspaper. I mean, we literally had everything. We had uh, radio, WQAQ, people that wanted to get into that. I mean, so literally, like, we had everything at our disposal at Quinnipiac. Like, from a student media standpoint, like, you could be a beat reporter and cover different teams. Ace was a uh, lacrosse beat reporter his senior year. 
um, got to travel and, you know, be the, the team's go-to guy and stuff. So you're just getting all these reps and reps and reps. You know what I'm saying? Me and Ace got to debate each other on Bobcat Breakdown. Y'all can probably find that on the Q30 website or on YouTube somewhere, you know, back in Quinnipiac. Um, so, I mean, you're just getting all these reps in front of the camera. You know what I'm saying? Like, even in class, you know, you're making, you know, news packages and things like that, man. Like, that you're making yourself and editing them yourself in Premiere. So, again, it's just, it's just reps, reps. And then uh, when we transferred to Coppin State, they didn't have any of that. They didn't have a student media platform. You know, they didn't have like a real like, you know, communications department, you know, for students to kind of be involved. So we were pretty much like, dang, yo, like, you know, obviously after basketball, we want to be able to get into the media industry, but we can't just, you know, go cold turkey, you know, and not have anything to do. So we were like, you know, let's take it upon ourselves, start our own thing. You know, so uh, originally All Facts Media was just our way of, keeping our skills sharp, honestly, you know, being able to get in front of the camera, write, things like that, man. So we started covering, you know, copping sports. We were covering copping volleyball, going to the games, doing like, you know, post-game recaps. Um, we were covering the World Series. We covered the National World Series, which to this day is one of like the top sports moments of my life, literally like being able to be at Nationals Park game seven, you know, when they beat the Houston Astros on the road and the whole arena stadium is full with, with fans and we're there getting interviews with people like, you know, I mean, it was like, we were, it was like I was a fan, but I was literally getting like interviews that are still up on our Instagram page and our YouTube page now from that moment that I would probably go back and watch forever. And um, literally, man, like we were just, we were doing NBA finals previews and stuff like that, like different takes, you know what I'm saying? Just getting rough in front of the camera, man. And you know, that's pretty much how it started. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think, you know, when it really took off was, you know, crazy, man, COVID. It was like a blessing in disguise, you know, because basketball stopped and there was nothing else going on, man. There was no NBA, no NHL, no MLB. Everything stopped, man. So we're like, dang, yo, we're a sports media platform with no sports. Like, what are we about to do? Like, <laughs> oh, man, so, um, the only thing that was happening at the time was uh, the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? People were like, all right, well, this NCAA tournament's canceled, but we still got to get ready for next year. So dudes were still transferring, leaving schools. So we were like, man, you know what? Let's have some guys try to, you know, announce uh, on our show. You know, let's see if we can get some guys to like how to do on ESPN, announce where they're going. We were fortunate enough to have two of our former Quinnipiac teammates, Kevin Marfo and Rich Kelly, enter the transfer portal. And he was like two high-profile grad transfers. Uh, Rich Kelly ended up transferring to Boston College. Kevin Marfo ended up transferring to Texas A&M. But there were tons of people who were tuning in their recruitment, so they didn't let us pretty much run the show, you know, like drop their list, their final five, all that kind of stuff, and then also announce on, on our platform. So from there, I mean, it grew from like, all right, just covering Coppin Sports and doing little fun stuff. So like, all right, like people are tuning into our, our platform to like get recruiting news. So people were coming on our show, announcing their, their, their commitments. We were doing like interviews at the guys committed. So we started getting, we started, we, we probably gained like a thousand followers just off of that, doing that on Twitter. Um, then we started a segment called Coach's Corner, where we were essentially interviewing college coaches um, about what they were doing during COVID, how COVID affected their, their season, how COVID is affecting their offseason in the summertime. And that was kind of able to get our credibility up because we were able to interview like Josh Pastner, Leonard Hamilton from Florida State. Um, Josh Pastner is the current coach at uh, Georgia Tech, for people who don't know. Um, we had Steve Forbes on from Wake Forest. We had a lot of Mac coaches on, obviously Baker Dunleavy. Um, Shoot, Steve Masiello, King Rice, plenty of guys. I don't want to leave out any coaches. We had, you know, Shaheen Holloway, tons of guys, you know, that came on. Shout out to the Mac. That's pretty much you know, where our stuff started. But, you know, from there, 
And we were like, dang, man, we kind of got some credibility doing this. You know, we got a lot of great sources, a lot of great interviews. So from there, we kind of just started to really, like, take it seriously. You know, like, we were going to games all last year. You know, I, I was I was home. I wasn't overseas last year because of COVID. And, you know, so we were like, you know, we were going to games. We started covering George Mason. We are going to the games. We are going to Maryland games, covering games, going to Towson, obviously going to Coppin State. And then from then on, man, you know, people started to really recognize us as, like, you know, a, a media platform, man, to where now we're able to obviously get our podcast going and things like that, man. But, um, I mean, all facts really just just came from us, you know, taking that initiative. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, when it comes to just the media industry or really anything in life, man. Like, if you have an idea, just do it. You know, go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to – you don't have to we, – we, to this day, we don't have any professional cameras. Like, we do every every – stand up every post game recap on the iPhone. You know, we, we order a little tripod. You do it on the iPhone. We bought these, these mics. You know what I'm saying? We're doing our podcast from our house. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need all this extravagant things, you know, to, to kind of, to, to run with something and have it be professional. You know what I'm saying? The only thing you have to do is take it serious and put time in, into it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we were able to do. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we're blessed enough to be able to have a lot of people to help us along the way with that. You know, shout out to our mentor, you know, Rick Goins, who had a huge part in, in growing all facts and helping us out with getting different sources. You know, he helped us out with getting um, uh, Scott Burrell and Dickie Simpkins, who were members of the Chicago Bulls, um, that they, they played um, when the whole last dance was on. So we were able to interview them during the last dance, which was huge. You know, he helped us get a NBA draft interview last year with Jalen Smith, why when he got drafted by the Phoenix Suns. And I mean, I think all that stuff, man, is just a testament, man. Like, you know, utilize what you have, man. Like most of the people we've had on all facts are people that we've ever played against in, in basketball. They recruited us. You know, they, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we're going through any extraordinary measures to kind of get these people, man. Like, but people, I feel like a lot of times take for granted, like the resources that they have at their own disposal, you know, your own networks that we all have, friends, people that you grew up with, you know, or maybe not even like, you know, there's always a saying, you know, you're only like, I think it's your two people removed from anybody in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't know somebody, I guarantee you your friend probably knows somebody or your mentor or somebody knows somebody, you know? And that's the biggest thing that we've been able to kind of take advantage of with, with all facts. You know, it's just, you know, just taking advantage of our network. And then last thing I'll say is just always being able to adapt. You know what I'm saying? When we first started off, we are just covering copping sports. You know, then we branched out and started doing, you know, other, other sports, you know, George Mason, Maryland, stuff like that, going to games, writing – post-game recaps, feature stories. Then we obviously added the podcast. You know, that was like another layer that we do. Cause you know, we're like, you know what? We need to be able to get our voice out there and be diverse on in a bunch of different platforms. You know, and now the next thing, you know, is is adapting again. You know, we started a new segment where we're doing like, we started uh, all facts media TikTok. And, and it would be having to do some IG, Instagram reels components, like little short videos like that. And that's where that's where everything is going now. You know, Instagram got rid of IGTV because everybody's putting their time in the reels. You know, TikTok is you can get paid off of being an influencer on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? So just always adapting, man. Like, but these are things that like, man, social media, man, and just being able to adapt, like people can take control of their own situations. You know what I'm saying? So for any listeners that are on here, man, that you know wanted to get started in the media or wanted to do their own thing, man, like do it. You know what I'm saying? Like just you know, keep your ears to the streets, you know, know what's cool, know what's hot, and, you know, just just go hard with it and do it, man. That's really the story behind all facts. Um, you know, nothing special. You know, we're not anybody crazy. You know, we're not the Jeff Goodmans of the world or John Rothstein's, man. We're just, you know, two guys who 
played basketball that decided to take advantage of the things that, you know, basketball gave to us. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's that's really it. So, Ace, the one thing that always uh, stood out to me about you guys' podcast more than anything, and um, I look up to this in a real, like, real way, is you guys' main space is mid-major, mid-major sports. That's That's the main lane that you guys are in. And the thing that – the reason why that stands out to me so much, me and Ryan talk about this all the time, is we like to try to stay in a lane where we kind of touch on fan bases of groups that are underrepresented, right? So, like, this past season, we basically covered the WNBA almost all season um, for the 25th anniversary. It's been one of, it's one of those things that's been on the uptick for a while, but still is one of those things that a lot of people aren't paying a lot of attention to. This year, we're planning on trying to dive a little bit more into the G League. You guys in the mid-major space, I feel like we, we talked about this um, the other day when we recorded our pod, talking about um, underrated teams outside the AP Top 25. And the idea is everybody and their mama knows the Dukes, the Kansas, the Kentuckys of the world. But mid-major hoops is a different a different type of grind a different type of grind for real so what outside of the fact that you guys were mainly in that space right in terms of playing at um at, at that level in that area around these people what made it where you guys decided that would be you guys's main niche for all facts though I think the simplest answer was, I think the fact that we, we played mid-major basketball, you know what I'm saying? We played at Quinnipiac, we played at Coppin. And then like, I think in the media world, like in terms of like, obviously with our podcast, we try to have, have guests on every week if we can. I think that's where we have the most relationships, you know what I'm saying? So we know a bunch of coaches that coach mid-major because they recruited us or we played against them in college. They were right. in our conference, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, they know who we are. So like, oh yeah, like if, if we hit them up, they're, they're most likely they get a response. You try to so many high major guys, they ain't even gonna get back to you. You know what I'm saying? They got so many people trying to hit them up. Because everybody, like you said, everybody wants to cover a high major coach. Everybody wants to cover, talk to the high major coach. Everybody wants to talk to Chris Beard or Eric Musselman. And everybody wants to talk to those guys. Coach K, of course. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so it's harder to get those guys when you have a podcast and you're talking about guests, harder to get those guys. You know what I'm saying? Or obviously, if you want to get, you know, into the players, like, you want to get like a five star dude like me. When everybody wants to talk to them, like it's easier to get a guy from mid-major school. Maybe not even people are talking to them to, to come on. Um, and also, I think I think there, there's some great mid-major players and great mid-major teams out here that people don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like I was talking about St. Bonaventure all year last year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Literally, like go back to our, our podcast. The first one we did, like, I was like, "Yo, like St. Bonaventure gonna be a sleeper in the A10." And now after this year, it ended up winning the A10 last year. And now they're in the AP Top 25 this year. But like we've been talking about them. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of there's a lot of schools that are out there that, that, that are like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, I, I think you know the the, the simplest answer would be like I, we try to. You know, stay where stay in our lane where I think we're the most connected. You know what I'm saying? So I think actually we have a lot of connections in that mid-major college basketball realm, where, where it's players, coaches, and also you know I think it's, it's cool to so oftentimes to give because when you go to these, when you go to like the, like we covered the Mac tournament last year, and that was one of the most fun things we ever did. Like going there, you had access actually obviously it was COVID, so we weren't doing anything in person, but just you know speaking to the coaches at the games on Zoom and being amongst other peers that, that respect your work because like in the, in, the, in this like mid-major space like. Everybody kind of knows everybody that's talking about certain leagues, you know what I'm saying? Because you it stands out like 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 you'll get retweeted by a certain school's Twitter page or something like that. Like people will see your content. Then you go to the back home and yo, like I see I saw your interview with so-and-so, or oh, like I love you guys, you know, story on this. It's like, damn, like, I didn't even know it was reaching that many people, but you know, you you, you, you get that like the little feedback and it and it feels good. Cause like people don't 
talk about these, a lot of these schools and these sports. So I think that would probably be the main thing, just kind of one, operating in the space where we have connections and we have people that we can, you know, we have sources. And also just kind of being able to, it feels good to be able to give some attention to, to schools that don't, that don't oftentimes get, get the attention that, that, that they, you know, that they deserve. I hope that everybody that's listening to this pod is got a pen and paper out, bro. Y'all dropping a couple of dimes that I think people need to really pay attention to. Not even just in this media space, because trust me, like I said, I really look up to y'all in terms of this space because when Ryan put me on to y'all, I really, for me, I want to, you know how people are when, when you get, when you get attached to a rapper or you get attached to an actor or something like that, that that's the person you go to in that lane. And it's always weird switching up the flow, getting new opinions and different things like that. And when Ryan put me on to you guys, after like two, three episodes, I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm just going across things. I'm listening. I'm downloading. I'm, I'm really un- I'm following y'all on Instagram, the whole nine. And seeing that the lane that y'all are in, it's a, it's a carved out space that not too many people are in. And the thing about being in a niche like that is some would argue it's the easiest way to pop off in terms of, you know, the, you know, mainstream media, so on and so forth is like getting clout. The way I see it is the main way to be able to form relationships. The interesting thing with y'all is y'all had the relationships first. Y'all, y'all pod came easy at that point because y'all were already in that lane. So I think that's the thing that makes it so special the way y'all are able to do that because y'all are able to take your on the court experience and bring it over to this media side and mesh it in a way where you get the Hooper perspective and the journalism perspective all in one pod, and you come out learning something about both ends. So that, that's one of the main things. Like I said, I really look up to y'all in this space just because of the way y'all do stuff. Talking about college basketball for a second, um, I want to get both of y'all perspectives on this. We did this uh, the other day. Like I said, if you guys uh, haven't listened, we're going to end up dropping the episode real soon for um, top – 10 or we have 10 underrated teams outside the AP top 25 to keep your eye out on. Hey, so I'm going to start with you. I want to ask you the same question we asked, I guess, the other day from Ballers Island. Who, who is one team outside of the AP top 25 list that recently dropped that you think people should keep their eye out on this year? It could be from any conference that you, you feel, but just somebody that maybe even just somebody that you're keeping an eye on. Um, I think one team, um, well, I, I, I'm going to shout out George Mason, obviously, the local team. They're in the A-10. Um, they have a new coach, Kim English, who just got hired um, this spring. I think he's, he's a rising star um, in college basketball. And I had an opportunity to go to their practice, man. They have, um, first of all, one of the, one of the you know, best, best returning players in the A-10 and Josh Oduro. And he's the opportunity to be, to be an all-conference, you know, player um, this year in the A-10. They also got a transfer from Colorado and Deshaun Schwartz. He's been a four-year starter at Colorado. Uh, he averaged like 10 points a game last year on NCAA tournament team. He's going one over there. I think he had the opportunity to, to be an, an, um, another guy that has the opportunity to be an all-conference guy um, in the Atlantic 10. Um, and they also got a transfer from Moorhead State. Um, Blake, um, I'm blanking on the name. I think it's, I want to say it's, it's Cooper, some Cooper. Um, but he went to Moorhead State last year, averaged like, like 13 a game. Very good player, um, older guard with experience. They also got a transfer from, from um, Tennessee, uh, Hollywood ticket games. Um, and he's, you know, like, like kind of slashing forward. Um, so they, they're going to have some pieces, man. I, I really might like him doing with that program. I don't know if they're, they're ever going to crack the top 25 AP poll, but they're, they're definitely going to be a player in, in the A-10 this year um, for sure. Obviously, last year, I think they finished fifth. And this year, I think you know, they'll be right around that same mark, fourth, fifth. 
Um, I, I, I really like St. Bonaventure and Richmond are the top two teams in the A-10. Richmond are the number team. I don't know if they were in the top 25, but they returned everybody um, from last year's team. Um, obviously, they got off to a hot start in the non-conference last year, but then kind of fizzled out a little bit, come, come conference play, had a few bad losses down the stretch. But they literally bring everybody back from a team last year that obviously went to uh, Kentucky and won. Um, and they had some good wins in, in, the, in the A-10 as well. So they're going to be a factor. I think they'll, they'll probably cut to the top 25 at some point in time. Um, this year as well. Um, let's say Bob Mitchell ended up being, being top 23. Um, I think they're going to end up cracking the top 15, I think, at some point in time in, in, the, in, the, in this season. I, I, I think they have an opportunity to be a second weekend team um, in the NCAA tournament this year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really high on the A-10 right now, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> also a team out west that I like is Nevada um, with Grant Sherfield coming back uh, last year. They were, I think they were, they needed an finishing like fourth in the Mountain West last year behind San Diego State, Boise, I think they're efficient fifth actually behind San Diego State, um, Utah State, Boise, and Colorado State. They were fifth last season, but they returned everybody too. They're going to have one of the best guards in the country in Grant Sherfield. Um, they're going to be an instrument tournament team this year for sure. Um, so I, I, I would say that team as well is going to be a team that I think is going to crack the top 25 at some point in time this year too. Drew, same thing with you. And it doesn't, uh, and, you know, I want to preface it this way. It doesn't have to be a team that you think is going to, like, do crazy damage and crack the top 25. It doesn't have to be that deep. But just a team that you think that people should, like, have on their radar. Like I said I, like I said earlier in the pod, a lot of people zero in on the Dukes, the Kentuckys. There's, like, at least 30, 40 games a night across the country, bro. Like, there's plenty of basketball to get played. ESPN and ESPN2 are not the only channels out here to watch some moves. So like like what's some teams on your radar you think people should they, like give give a little tune into? Facts. So I'm gonna give you one uh, mid major team, you know, and one one high major team. So, you know, for me, I say, you know, people, you know, I mean, I don't know, I might, I might not be stepping out on a limb here, but the one mid major team that I'll say um, is, is I'm gonna go a little Mac bias here, man. Is, is Iona? I think obviously, you know, last year they went to the NCAA tournament in Rick Pitino's first year, and that was a year where they weren't even supposed to win the MAC last year. That was like the year was like, all right, fellas, Patino first year in the league. You know, this is our chance to make sure y'all, y'all win before he really gets his guys in there and, and take us to another level. And, you know, they're going to have, you know, the, the reigning MAC rookie year coming back and Nelly Jr. Joseph, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing back Barry Jean Luis, who's one of the top, um, top defense, defenders in the MAC. Um, they got they're bringing in Tyson Jolly from SMU. I mean, they have, they brought in um, a transfer from, from Louisville as well as a rotation guy. So, I mean, they're going to have a very, very good team. And this is going to be year two in the Patino era. So you can imagine that, you know, they're, they're going to take that next step. You know, guys are going to understand his system a little bit more. You know, they're going to understand what he wants, you know. And, I mean, their non-conference schedule is, is, is going is, is to be, you know, serious. Well, they got a few games you know, against some high-profile teams. They have a game at the Garden this year too, I believe, man. So, Man, you, I mean, you at the Garden, are you sure? Yeah, so I mean, they're gonna have some chances in the non-conference to, to get a few wins, you know. And if you can get a, a, a one or two in the non-conference, and you could pull off a, I don't want to. They're not gonna go twenty and zero in the MAC. That's not gonna happen. But if they can get nineteen and one, eighteen and two in the MAC, you know, and then they can get a couple wins in the non-conference. They might be a scary team to see, you know, in the NCAA tournament come March, you know, because like I said, they're gonna have Patino. Who, I mean, last year in tournament, who they play in the first round? Was it uh, Alabama or I believe in the first round? Oh, yeah, Alabama, yeah. They played Alabama in the first round last year and gave them all they wanted, you know, in that first half. And, I mean, second half, you know, Alabama ended up pulling away because, obviously, they, they're a great team, man. But, you know, you you go on the year two with Patino guys, guys in there now, I think Iona could be a team that could win a game in the NCAA tournament coming this year. So, 
Um, that's my mid-major pick for you guys. And, you know, for, for my, my high major guys, you know, I'm going to go to one of the, one of the blue bloods, but you know, I'm, of course I'm biased. Um, they're not in the top 25, but I'm going to say Syracuse, man. And I'm going to say Syracuse because, man, they were picked seventh in the ACC preseason poll. You know, they weren't, they weren't picked very high, man, but you know, they're going to return Buddy Beheim, who was the darling of the NCAA tournament in their Sweet 16 run last year. We pretty much, you know, carried Syracuse, you know, to, to, to being a second weekend team when they were pretty much a, a on the bubble, which is pretty much what Syracuse does. You know, they, they, they barely get in the tournament and then they make runs to the final four in the Sweet 16. So, um, they're going to have, you know, Joe Girard back in the backcourt, Buddy Beheim. you know, obviously they got a, you know, a, a freshman who might, not many people are, are talking about right now, and that's Benny Williams. If you don't know who Benny Williams is, make sure you check out that name. He's a top, you know, top 30, top 40 recruit, you know, from Maryland. Um, he's going to be at Syracuse this year. He's either going to start at the three or he's going to come out on the bench and be that sixth man. But I think he's a name that is, is – <laughs> He he start. Start. I, think, I think it's going to be Gerard, Buddy Beheim, either either Jimmy, Jimmy Beheim or Benny Williams at the three. I think they probably go Cole Swider, I would say, at the four. And then, um, you know, I'm hearing they got a big man named Jesse Edwards that's you know going to be taking that next step at the five. But the five doesn't really matter that much at Syracuse. They're going to be sitting in that zone. But I think, you know, like I said, we didn't mention Cole Swider, who was a rotation guy for, for, for Villanova last year. Latino was in the Sweet 16. You know, Syracuse is able to add him to their rotation. You know, so for me, I think that Syracuse is going to be a team that will make their way into the top 25, and it's because they have shooting. When you got Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, and Cole Swider out there, you're not helping off anybody, you know, and, and out of that top three, you know what I'm saying? So I think that they're going to be a dangerous team. Um, obviously, Beheim is a senior. I think Joe Girard is going to be going to take junior year. Those guys have been in the zone for a while. So I think that Syracuse is going to be a team, man, that could that could sneak up on people, man, in the ACC this year. I don't think they're going to finish seventh. I, I want to put them seventh in the ACC, in my opinion. But I see Ace over here making faces. Look, you got something to say about that. What's up, bro? Man, Syracuse ain't going to be able to stop a soul this year. They're going to be giving up 100 points a game. <laughs> Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, Cole Swider, the other Beheim. Like, come on, bro. I the, zone, stop the, ACC. the zone. The zone. Two, three zone, baby. They got a rebound. 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 I don't see it. I don't see it. I love Syracuse. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. There'll be. I think, look, Beheim will sneak his way in as an 11 seed like he does every year. They'll go to the Sweet 16 and they'll lose the Sweet 16. And it'll be like, oh, Syracuse had a good year. But I don't see them being a real factor in, in, in any I mean, shoot, if you make it to the Sweet 16. Like, you make it to the Sweet 16 if you start off picking up. That's hard for the court for Bay High. You do that every year. You do that every year. They'll be an 11 seed, oh, be in the last four in, win the playing game, and then they'll get like some some six seed out of like the Big 12, and they'll beat them in the first four, and they'll play a 12 seed if they just got a 12 5 win. They'll beat them and end up in the Sweet 16, and they'll be like, oh my God. Listen, I'm just saying, man, I think I think seventh and ACC is a little low for them. So, you know, we'll see. And they didn't, obviously they didn't get any love in the top 25. So, you know, watch out, man. A lot, of, a lot of shooting. A lot of shooting over there. For the listeners, I would just say take a couple of them teams down when we get the bracket, when we get the bracket pick and later on, you know, <laughs> later on next year, that's going to be something you might want to take into account when we talk about teams to watch. It's definitely going to be an interesting college season, especially with things kind of getting back to normal. 
that's going to be the most interesting thing. I think last year, one of the biggest things I said this beforehand um, in our last pod was that uh, continuity killed last year. You know what I mean? We saw some of the teams that definitely had one of those like higher recruiting classes take big hits early on. Kentucky's like the more notable one in terms of teams that just look beside themselves. Um, the last season, considering the kind of talent they brought in, I think this year is going to be really interesting, especially factoring how crazy that transfer portal got. Because, I mean, it felt like from day one, from Britt, when everybody found out about the extended year, it, it was it was time to get busy. So it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these teams fleshed out um, for sure. We got two more little quick segments for uh, for you guys before I let you guys out of here. And the first one, I'm going to let y'all gas yourselves up a little bit. Ace, I'm going to start with you, bro. Semi-pro league right now. Tell the people a little bit what you're doing, bro. Man, we, we ain't had no games yet. First game actually this weekend, but I, I'm actually gonna miss it. I'm gonna be in Florida. Um, but you know what I'm saying? I, I'll definitely keep you out posted once games start. I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm playing uh, with a kill car. He's on my team <laughs> out here in Baltimore, so it's been fun. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Have, have him run a practice and stuff. Just, I, he's like a boss life legend or whatever from Baltimore. Sure. So you know what I'm saying he, he, it's, it's fun uh, playing with him uh, down here down here in uh, the Baltimore Hawks. So. I'll keep you up posted on how it goes throughout the season, though, for sure. <laughs> and then let's talk about NBC for a second, bro. You kind of you kind of gave us a little tease earlier in the beginning, but talk about that experience. Uh, you ain't got to give us, you know, too much in terms of how you got there. You, you worked your tail off. You got the credentials to be in that space. And it's a big achievement in this space on top of that. But, you know, tell us what that's like, what you're doing for them, you know, where people can find you. Like I said, you know I'm going to drop all of it in the description, but just let people know what's up. It's, it's been fun, man. I've actually um, able to get the job at NBC, man, just because obviously what we're doing with all facts, they, they, they saw that we, we had a podcast, they saw that we were doing some writing. So I'm doing some podcasting and some writing for NBC as well. Um, if you want to, um, if, you, if, you, if you actually want to go look at some comments that I wrote, I actually have them all linked on my Instagram. I have a highlight um, on my Instagram with, with my NBC columns um, and the links. Well, actually, you click to one link at a time, but if you go um, on our, I work for, so I work for NBC Sports Edge, which is our fantasy sports. Um, division. So basically, I'm covering the NBA from a fantasy perspective. So anybody got any questions about their fantasy teams, who they should pick up, who they should drop, you know what I'm saying? Come, come holler at me. I'll definitely be able to give, be able to give you some good advice on that. Um, but NBC Sports Edge, um, I, I was able to, to um, you know, get that job in. Or what's it? What's it now? What is it? What, what is it? October now? I think I've been working there since like May. I want to say something like that. So. Um, it's been about six months now. I've been working there. It's just been a lot of fun, man. I'm really enjoying it. Um, being able, like I said, to have some freedom um, with, with the comments that I write, man. Obviously, season just kicked off now, so we're, we're back into the swing of things with with with, um, with with the game starting back up and stuff. But it's just been a lot of fun, man. I'm definitely looking forward to to you know seeing you know where I can go from here, um, and obviously continue putting out putting out some some fun content. So, like I said, if you want to uh, look at any of the comments that I've written, I will highlight on my story. Um, that'll take you to our to our page, to our website, where you can look at some of the other stuff that I've written on there as well. For sure. Like I said before, definitely all going to be linked down. Drew, on the other hand, this man in three-point contest, kissing babies, signing jerseys. He he, he didn't got big time on us, Ace. Yeah, man. Drew, talk to me, bro. What's up overseas, bro, with the hooping tip? Nah, man, it's been um it's been a journey, man. Like I said, I started off in Costa Rica. Um, you know, playing for a team called called Roswell, and that was our first year in the league. You know, so it was a lot of fun, man. Was able to have a fifty ball out there in Costa Rica, made the All Star team. We ended up making it all the way to the semifinals of that league in our first year. Um, you know, we lost in the semifinals to a team that ended up winning winning the whole thing. They was number one seed. 
Um, you know, but I had a, I had a great time out there, man. Great experience, met some great people. I mean, I saw a gorgeous country, you know, first and foremost. I think that's the really the great thing about overseas, man, is like, you know, coming from where me and my, my, my brother come from, man, like, I would have never been able to go to Costa Rica and, and see that and see the things that I saw if it wasn't for basketball, you know. And, you know, fast forward, that was, you know, I was able to uh, use that film and kind of use that experience to get, you know, a job playing now in Portugal, um, playing for for um, a team called uh, Immortal. Immortal Bufera, we're down here in uh, the Algarve, which is kind of the southern coast of Portugal. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city, man. Um, I'm pretty sure it was voted like I read this on Google, so don't don't you know don't fact check me, but I read <laughs> Google that it was, it was the warmest place in Europe because it's literally like at the bottom of Portugal, and like if you cross, it's like a body of water. You have, you're like right in Morocco, you know. So it's warm all year around here. We're right here on the beach. Got some beautiful, beautiful sunsets. Um, that's the best part, honestly. You know, just the location, you know. But um, I've been able to kind of be out here, man, and obviously playing in Europe. It's a different experience, you know what I'm saying, as far as like the competition, the level of play. And we have three teams in our league that are playing um, European competition, FIBA Euro Cup, so they're playing against other teams in, in Europe, you know, high-level basketball. But like I say, right now, man, we're, we're three and one. You know, we're doing pretty well. Um, we have another game tomorrow. No, excuse me, we're leaving for a game tomorrow. We have a game on Thursday. So hopefully we can get, you know, our, our fourth win of the season. Right now I think we're in third place, I want to say. Um tied for third place in the league right now. So, you know, we're doing pretty well, man. So just want to continue to hopefully get some wins, you know, continue to build my resume, you know, as a professional. But, you know, that's pretty much how it's going on the basketball side, you know, from a from an all-fact side, man. Like I said, we started a new segment. And um, pretty much like a day in the life segment. And I'm pretty much giving the people kind of an eye into what the day-to-day life uh, of an overseas professional basketball player is. You know, I think that's something that, a lot of people don't really know about, you know, overseas is kind of like this mythical thing in the States. Like, oh, I'm playing overseas. Like, all right, well, what does that really mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that look like? You know, so um, we dropped our first reel and our first TikTok and basically like, you know, what is a typical road trip like for an overseas professional basketball player? So that's on the All, all Facts Media TikTok and the All Facts Media Instagram and the reel section. That was our first reel. Um, my second one actually just dropped yesterday and it was about uh, my first time seeing Cristiano Ronaldo play. So, I was able to go to a game and see, see Ronaldo play, which was like a crazy, crazy experience, man. Because for me, it's like, I'm not even going to lie and sit here and say I'm a soccer fan, you know, because I'm really not. But I respect greatness. And I think anybody who anybody knows, you know, Ronaldo, Messi, like all the greats, you know, as far as so. I know who Ronaldo was without even being in the soccer. I'm like, Ronaldo playing? Like, I'm going. You know what I'm saying? Like, all my, like, Portuguese teammates, of course, were going. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with y'all and go to the game. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, the main thing behind that was kind of just to, to show people, man, like, I, and I said this at the beginning of the podcast, too, man, sometimes it's not always about talent when it comes overseas, man. Like, sometimes the thing that can keep allow you to keep a job is just having the people you're, you're around your team like you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Port, we're in Portugal. Obviously, soccer is huge out here. So, for me, being in America and not really being in, in the soccer, I was like, let me go to the game. You know, I'm going to go to the game with y'all, roll with y'all, and have that experience, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, kind of build a rapport there, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's really one of the biggest things that I've taken away from this, man, is, you know, just trying to make sure that I'm documenting all this stuff, man. Because, like I said, I, I really want uh, the people who follow all facts to be able to kind of see this, um, you know, go along this journey with me. So, if anybody listening to this, man, make sure you guys go tune into that. If there's questions that you guys have, 
thing that you would like me to post, you know, about overseas basketball, definitely let me know, and I'll try to get that to you guys. But, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun time over here at All Facts, man. Lots going on, and, you know, obviously college basketball season is getting ready to ramp back up, so it's going to be our favorite time of the year. I'm going to highlight something this man said at the beginning. He said it started in Costa Rica. I'm going to tell you all right now, I think that's a very, very, very far distance from Lynchburg, Virginia. I think y'all did come a long way, fellas. I think y'all, I think y'all both on the hooping tip. Y'all going places from from where y'all started to where y'all are right now. Especially, I mean, the both of y'all look, man. I think the biggest thing, and it's so admirable for both of y'all, is just the fact that being able to continue a career post college is not guaranteed to anybody. You know what I'm saying? You, you, we can talk about, you know, ace on a semi-pro level, true overseas on pro level just because the opportunity is available doesn't mean a lot of people get to take grasp of it right it's not one of those things that that everybody can really you know fathom there's a lot of people who their freshman year of college is where their whole dream ends you know what i'm saying there's some people where that stuff ends way prior to what they may have believed in middle school working through what now is you know the aau circuit and things like that so it's a big commend on y'all just for the fact that y'all still got this hustle going. And in terms of the all facts media stuff, hey, bro, regardless of whatever y'all doing the hooping tip, y'all not leaving nobody out to dry when it comes to this podcast space because y'all doing y'all thing for real. But there's another thing in this basketball space that we got to wrap up the pod with, and it's the NBA. Y'all, y'all know I ain't going to bring y'all over here. We not talk a little NBA hoops. So here's what we're going to do. Ace, I'm going to start with you. What is the team you got your eye on the most right now? And what is one take that you think is unpopular about the NBA right now, about the way the NBA season started out? What I got my eye on is the Warriors, man. Like, them, them boys out, them boys in the Bay look scary, man. <laughs> them boys in the Bay look scary, man. Clay not even back out there yet. Like, they already beat the Lakers. Like, them dudes, like, they beat Sacramento, young scrappy team, man. But they don't even got Clay yet. They don't got Kaminga out there. They don't got James Wiseman out there. Like, they're going to be better defensively when Wiseman gets there. They're going to be better defensively when Kaminga gets there. Those two kind of athletic guys that are going to be allowed to do some things defensively that's going to help them mentally. And then we talk about getting Clay Thompson back. Like, hey, man, people, like, look, <laughs> people talk about, oh, Lakers Nets, Lakers Nets, like, yo. It might not be the, the Warriors might be coming out the West this year, man. <laughs> like the Warriors might be coming out the West this year. That, that's, that's the one team that I would say. In an unpopular opinion, man. Listen, it's a lot of unpopular opinions that, that, that I'm just kind of that I've been noticing. But I think Lamelo Ball might be an All Star this year. I don't know if that's unpopular or not, but like I think I think him the way the Pelicans are playing with Miles Bridges looking like he's looking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking crazy. Like, his last game's been, like, 32, 30, and, like, 25. Like, he's in a contract year. He know he knows what time it is. Like, he's about to get paid this summer. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I like Charlotte a lot, too, man. Like, Kelly Oubre is, 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 was a great, great pickup for them. Rozier hasn't even been healthy. He's been out with a sprained ankle. When they get Rozier back, they're going to be even more deep um, in their backcourt. Obviously, with LaMelo, um, Gordon Hayward's healthy right, right now for the time. He's not going to wood because that man – Fragile is, is you know piece of paper, you know what I'm saying. But I, I like what they got over there in Charlotte, man. With Ubre, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, man. They Jay Booknight, obviously the rookie. They, they, they selected. I mean, it's gonna be tough for them to get minutes because of the other guards um, that they got over there. But I I, I, I want to keep my eye on Charlotte, man. I think Lamelo has a chance to be an All Star this season. I think Charlotte has an opportunity to, to make the postseason, man. 
Still undefeated. My Chicago Bulls in the mix as well, bro. I, I love I, Chicago, bro. bro. I came into the season yo, gassing them up, bro. I've been a fool on TikTok, bro. I go over there get triple doubles, Caruso hooping. Like, <laughs> it look good. It look good. Yeah, it look good. And yeah, they might be Kobe White back too. So like, that's the I'll that's the like, thing. I've been telling everybody for right now. My main thing with Chicago is just the fact that I mean, I don't, we're not even full strength yet. I'm still kind of iffy on where Patrick Williams is going to fit into the mix of all this. We got all kinds of buckets. So at this point, him figuring out his offensive game is going to be kind of interesting. He's got to be a three and D guy. Catch the shoot, make threes, and guard. That's all you got to do. I just hope he I hope he falls into that lane. I think Caruso and Kobe off the bench is gonna be solid. I like the way Troy Brown Jr.'s playing. I like Alizé Johnson. Boy, what man, we we putting in work right now. So I that's I don't know if that's necessarily unpopular. I had them finish in the top five seed this year. That was what I predicted the before the season started. Crazy, bro. The East is crazy, yeah. son. The East is gonna be crazy this year. Like it's a lot of teams that's gonna be like the Wizards look a lot better this year, mm. obviously with, with them Woody. Kuz, Trez, Casey Peter, way deeper this year. There might be a lot of that Atlanta team from last year with like one big star, obviously Trey Young, with Brownie Beal, like the big star. And you have a lot of other guys that are great freshmen. But the Hawks didn't have any, any other all-stars with Trey Young last year. You got, obviously, Capella was really good, and John Collins was really good, and Gallinari, and Bogdanovich, and Herter. But the Wizards, you got Daniel Gafford is one of the most underrated. I think, I think he's going to be in for a great year this year. Thomas Bryant hurt when he gets back. Rui's been away from the team. Rui's getting ready to come back. Then you got Kuz. Trez looking like Clippers Trez again. KCP. I mean, Raul Neto's been hooping. He had like 18 the other night. Like, they're deep. They're, 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 they're a deep team. So, I don't know, man. The easy. You still got the Knicks, Bucks, Nets, Heat, Pacers. Like, going. It get grimy down crazy. to the bottom, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sixers. Uh -oh. I want to look at happen with Ben Simmons, bro. That's what I want to know. Like, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons? Like, Cause if, if he if he don't play, then Philly, I ain't worried about that. Play. He's gonna be back. He's gonna be back. Okay, what, I, for, I, for Philly, I, you saying? Wait for Drew. Drew, you so, saying with Philly, he gonna play for Philly? Yeah, he's gonna be back. For he's Philly back. in the yeah. uniform? Okay, this year. That's his, that's his unpopular take. It ain't a lot of people think. <laughs> a lot of people think he on the way out. No, 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 no. Listen, you heard what Daryl Moore said. He said this could last four years. They're not going to trade him. And then you seen. I don't know if you guys heard, but he had a meeting with his teammates. Um, and Doc Rivers on, on um, I think, like last weekend or whatever. And um, I think it changed the tune of the whole thing. You see Tobias Harris came out. Oh, we're going to support our brother. Then Joel Embiid gave a speech at the home opener. And Joel Embiid has been his biggest critic the whole time. Talking about he's a baby. But I don't care about that dude. He literally said, he literally asked the fans, they will support Ben. He's still our brother, you know. So the, the tune is changing in Philly. You know what I'm saying? The players are starting to come around. You got Embiid and Tobias Harris. Daryl Moore is clearly like, yo, we're not trading you. So, and they need his trade value to come back up in order for him to get what they want, anyways. So, I think he's going to go. He said he needs to, you know, get his mental health together. I think he's going to go, take his time away, see a therapist. He's going to be back this year playing for Philly. I think we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I think if, you know, I think he's going to obviously have to deal with the fans and getting booed. But, you know, once he gets back in the mix, this is going to be year two for Philly in that Doc Rivers era. You know, I think that this is a team that, you know, obviously they folded last year in game seven, but they were one game away from the conference finals. You know, I think that that game last year, you know, if, if they would have made it there, were Philly in the Bucks, you know, would have been a sight to see. I watched the, the, I think it was their, yeah, the second game of the season versus the Nets. They won the entire game, man. They came out like game busters. Danny Green's hitting pull-up threes in transition. Seth Curry, Tobias Harris is balling. 
you know, and, you know, obviously they ended up giving the game away to the Nets in the end because they had a cold streak in the fourth quarter, you know, but I think that, that overall they looked really good though. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to come out of the East like that, but Ben Simmons is going to play this year for Philly. He's going to be back in the sixth jersey this year. You heard it here first. Um, and my other hot take, thanks to Ace for stealing all my thunder, but <laughs> the Wizards will be a playoff team this year in the Eastern Conference. I'm staying there right now. And I think it's really good because they're defending now. You know, Coach Unsell Jr. got them boys defending. That's the one thing that I, I like the most, you know, when I when I watched the game versus the Pacers, man. Just, you know, last year the Wizards were great, you know, with, with being in Westbrook as far as scoring. They, they could put up 140, but they'll give up 150. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think this year they're a lot better on defensively. You know, when you when you you know bring in a coach like West Unsell Jr., you get that new energy in there. He's got them guys motivated. You know what I'm saying? You bring in a guy like you know, KCP, who everybody gives, you know, a lot of shit to, but he's a great defender. You know, he's a guy that can, you know, get you some stops. You know what I'm saying? And they have guys that just take pride in, in that side of the ball. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that when you have a new coach like that, that can, you know, instill kind of a new energy to that team, man. And like, you know, all the guys Ace mentioned, um, I think that they're just great fits, man. Like, I think Dinwiddie, the other day, I think he had 34 in that game versus the Pacers. Hit some huge shots. Hit a three to send the game into overtime. They were down by six. Made a three to kind of, uh, you know, bring them back and ended up winning the game for them, man. So I think him and Bill is going to be a great tandem, you know, in the Eastern Conference. And I think that they're going to be, you know, a playoff team this year in the East. All right, fellas. I got one last question for y'all. Quick takes on the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, what do we think? What do we think? Listen, man, I'm rooting for Lakers just because my man Melo out there, man. Like, I want Melo to get – people be slamming my man Melo so crazy, bro. Like, have my man out the league. He just passed Moses Malone for ninth all time. Like, people take that man Melo for granted, man. So I want them to do well. But yeah, I, I, I I don't like that Russell Westbrook acquisition, dog. I don't like how it looked at all, dog. Your man is averaging, like, 12 turnovers per 36 minutes or something like that. Like, it's, it's atrocious, like – it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like he, I don't know how he fits out there because obviously we know, like he's he needs the ball in his hand, you know what I'm saying? But it's like he's not making his outside jumper. He's turning the ball over, and it's just like I don't know, bro. I just don't like how it looks on the court. Like they got they got they got they had to do some figuring out to see like they want to, you know what I'm saying? Play him more with the second unit, so, so, so he's not playing as much with LeBron and AD. You know what I'm saying? Get him in there with, with some of the younger guys, like. I don't know, but I, I, don't, I don't like how it looks on the old paper so far, man. I mean, you got Dwight and AD on the bench about to fight. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it, man. I don't, I don't like it one bit. Listen, man, let's pump the brakes, all right? Lakers still have the best player in the world wearing their, wearing their colors, LeBron James. They have another yeah. top five player in the league, Anthony Davis, wearing their jersey. Yeah. So let's start with there. Let's just start there, all right? Two top five players in the league, they're, they're fine. If we look at Westbrook the last two years, and, you know, we've all have seen this trend. I remember last year, just last year, when Russell Westbrook was on the Wizards and they traded in for John Wall, people were like, yo, Westbrook, Westbrook sucks. Get John Wall back. He's sticking it up. And do you remember this? They, were, they wanted Russell Westbrook out of D.C. And what happened? It took him a while to get his feet under him. And by the time the second half was season started, the Wizards were rolling. And they ended up being a playoff team because Westbrook got his stuff together. Same thing happened in Houston. If he came to Houston, James Harden just like, ah, it wasn't looking right. Didn't look right. Second half of the year, Westbrook started balling. He was averaging like I think 28, 7 and 7 for the Rockets. You know, that second half of the season before he ended up getting COVID going into the bubble, man. But 
just give her some time. This is not new. This is nothing new. People act like like Westbrook, like this isn't Westbrook. I mean, he was on the Thunder for over a decade. It takes some time to adjust to a new team. He's going to adjust. He's he's going to adjust. It's not going to look like this the whole season. So he's going to adjust. Once he fits in, they're going to figure out how to play together. You've got LeBron, Melo, ADD, are guys who have been in the league for 10 years plus. Rondo, some of the smartest players in the league, let alone what they do on the court, but like smartest as far as like basketball IQ. These guys have seen every single situation, every single defense on the court. So they're going to be able to figure out how to acclimate Westbrook into the system, how to acclimate Westbrook in things. Obviously, you know, it's not going to look good right now because they're bringing in a whole new roster. They got Melo, Ariza, you know, uh, Kendrick Nunn, uh, what's his name, Baysmore, DeAndre Jordan. They got so many new guys. It's not going to look good right away. So just give us some time, man. Relax. Come all-star break, Lakers are going to hit their stride. In the second half of the season, they're going to be coming out looking like the NBA title favorites as they should be. So my biggest worry, I'm going to just close it out like this. My biggest worry with the Lakers is just the continuity coming together way too late. And we saw that this is a team that had to kind of put it into overdrive in the back half of the year. Like you said, coming off the all-star break. But the issue was when they had to kick it into overdrive, what happened? We saw AD miss time. We saw LeBron miss time. Russ is no, you know, angel when it comes to missing time due to injury. This is a guy who plays balls to the wall. It's also a group that is going up against a, a much tougher, or I would say at least a much more balanced Western Conference. I don't think you're going to have an off night now. Sacramento looks for real. Minnesota, it's still early, so I'm not going to, you know, get too much on that one. But me and Ryan have Minnesota as a sneaky team in the Western Conference just because with Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns back full time, they're going to be in the mix. Anthony Edwards full, uh, you know, uh, second season. They're going to be interesting. I think the West is just a lot more fleshed out. I don't know if you can have a late, season surge like you did last season when the West ain't no joke. They've never been, you know, the conference to play with, but this is probably the most balanced the NBA as a whole has probably been. So that's my only word, for real, for real. I mean, if you remember last year, the Lakers were like a number one, number two seed in the West before them dudes started to get hurt. They were clicking right. on all seasons. You know what I'm saying? They ran they were rattling wins off, and then, and then guys got hurt. Got you know hurt. Saying, but, right. but look, but I'm saying, this year, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna catch their stride. Eventually, like I said, around All Star break, they're gonna figure out how to play guys together. Then yeah, the AFC in the West by then. That's what I'm. That's my thing. No, no, no. I'm my fear is that they're no. gonna be stuck in that playing situation. They can't do it when they did last year and be a seven seed. And then they're gonna go to Golden mm. State or go to Denver with Holly Jamal Murray to oh, Utah and beat them. You seen it just beat the Grizzlies over over there? That's the playoff team that they were able to beat. It's gonna take time. <laughs> the Grizzlies are a playoff team. They're a playoff team in the West. Tell me for that. You want Chelsea? I'm, I'm saying they're gonna be able to beat. They're gonna be able to beat teams. Let's not forget the season opener versus the Warriors. They were winning the whole entire game. They they lost in the end, but it's not that they got blown out. They were winning in, in the driver's seat that whole entire game. You know what I'm saying? And eventually, like I said, we're gonna have a time where LeBron and AD gonna be like, all right. I'm gonna go relax. Westbrook, this is what you're here for. Go ahead and go ahead and get your little thirty triple doubles, and they're gonna be resting on ice and playoff time. The monsters is gonna come out and they go listen, as long as the Lakers don't get hurt, I don't see any issues. The only issue is gonna be somebody gets hurt. Ariza hurt. THT hurt. I'm not concerned about I'm talking about if none of the big three. The big three. As long as them three, I'm not worried about nobody else. Hey, Braun fell to, to, to the court the other day. Um, buddy ran to his ankle, the whole stable channel went silent. <laughs> it was like, yo. <laughs> 
It, it was looking bad for LeBron for a minute. So we can't count on that. Like, AD, man, he'd be hurt every year. You can't count on them being healthy. they the oldest team in the league. Listen, man, don't hit the panic button yet, man, all right? Just just, just give it some time. They're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. All right, well, I'm going to close the part out like this. We really appreciate having you guys on. I love that this is like a new direction that we're going on. Shout out shout out to Ryan who couldn't be on the pod today. This is a new direction we're trying to go into in terms of really getting stories here on the podcast. We're having real hoopers on the pod talking about what they're doing on and off the court, really. Normally, we have a question of the day at the end of the pod. My, my more so request to the listeners on this podcast, just check out All Facts Media out, bro. We're going to drop the links down below. It's not too hard to type into the Instagram, not too hard to type into the TikTok, I promise. But definitely check these two guys out. They're doing major damage in the podcast space. So that's my request to y'all. Really appreciate the two bros for hopping on with me again. With that being the case, we're going to sign off. Peace.